Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. special and exciting episode of Fire Team Chat. The regular crew is joining me today, but also Bungie has decided to join us and tell us a little bit more about Season of the Drifter. Your Vidoc just came out. We're recording this shortly after. Why don't you tell us a little bit about all the announcements that you just had in this exciting reveal? Well, thanks for having us on the show. Uh, we figured this would be the best way to celebrate your 201st episode, <laughs> given that that's such a monumental number. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, it's uh, really a great day for us. Uh, we love when uh, Bungie Vidoc comes out, and it's a great opportunity for us to sort of tell in our own words our story uh, about what we have planned for the Guardians of Destiny and what our goals are and our hopes, our dreams, our inspirations, our motivations, uh, all the people under this roof that are working hard to create new content to keep people who love playing this game and exploring that world together engaged with new things to do and new things to play and new things to earn. Um, and, you know, from a community perspective, to be able to refresh that conversation season after season and to have a reliable cadence for when there's going to be new things to talk about has really been great for us. I mean, if you've followed Destiny for a long time, you know, some years we have a lot to talk about. There are other years where people are kind of asking us to pull the curtain back and show them what we're working on. So to be able to be a lot more transparent about our future goals and to keep people looking forward to things that they might not know completely about uh, and then have a day like today where we can say, Here's what it is. You know, here's what the new Gambit experience is. Here's what PVE pinnacle activities mean in Season of the Drifter is a lot of fun. And I've brought along uh, into these hot seats on our side of the magical video wall uh, <laughs> two of the people who have done a lot of the work on that for Season of the Drifter. Uh, so you might know me. Um, you might know me as Deej, uh, the person who writes your blog and makes your tweets. Uh, but uh, I've brought along two people who actually make things. <laughs> they, actually, yeah, they, actually, they actually create meaningful things with their life. We they work more than we 280 characters at a time, so let me, uh, let me ha- have them introduce themselves to you. you Go ahead. Good. All right. Hey, I'm Lisa. Uh, I am a sandbox designer here at Bungie, and I did a lot of work on the armor in Forsaken and the mom- uh, the Gambit Prime armor that uh, we showed in the Vidoc. Ooh. Nice. I- uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm Lars, and I was the uh, creative lead on Season of the Drifter and worked with a lot of people, a lot of really talented people. Lisa is obviously one of them um, to make this whole thing come together. And Deej said it already, but days like uh, today when we release the Vidoc and information starts coming out is really special because we, we get to see everyone's reaction, and that's priceless. I mean, we're still combing through all the feedback right now, and mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll spend the rest of the day doing that. But we're really excited to be here, and thanks again for having us, too. Well, Thank that, you for joining us. Yeah, that, that Gambit armor. Whew. Stuff looks great. <laughs> it, it looks absolutely fantastic. awesome. There's yeah. different sets leaning into each of your play styles. Yeah. I will probably be either Moat Collector or the one that uh, kills the bad guys, there you go. but not the invader. <laughs> no invader for you? Yeah. Reaper? Reaper, yeah, Reaper. Yeah. Um, so on that note, it seems like this this piece of content is more inclusionary, and one of the ways you're doing that is with uh, your power surge bounties. It seems like those get you to 640 really quickly. And we're sort of curious how those are going to work in Gambit Prime and Reckoning, and uh, will power levels still only be player-to-player in Gambit Prime. Could you explain the mechanic a little bit more? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk uh, real quick about the Power Surge bounties. It was it was definitely something that we saw in the Black Armory time frame where players were saying, hey, I'm really interested in playing this content. Um, I have been playing plenty of Forsaken, but I'm only at X power level, and I can't even play the first Forge, and they were frustrated, and we knew... That was not a great position for them to be in. They were engaged customers. They're paying customers. And that, and they were telling us about a problem. So Power Surge really comes from trying to solve that problem of saying, hey, we, we know you want to play this content right away. 
Um, we know you might want uh, to bring a friend in possibly and have them play the content with you right away. And so this was a cool way for us to do that to say, hey, here's these four bounties. If you complete these four power surge bounties, you're going to get enough gear for your entire character to bring you up to 640. And it's blues. So the first thing you're going to want to do is either use them for infusion or, you know, like uh, start getting your legendaries. But setting your power level at 640 then just helps you progress and get right in uh, to playing Season of the Drifter day one within, you know, an hour or two max of doing sort of a, a few different things across the universe, like playing Strikes and playing Crucible and Open World. So, so and then to speak directly to the the power stuff, for Gambit Prime, uh, behaves just like traditional Gambit. So uh, the the power really only comes into play when invasions are happening or you're being invaded. So that doesn't change between uh, Gambit Prime and traditional Gambit. Okay. Nice. I want to hog the mic the whole time. I definitely want to give CJ and Steven a chance <laughs> to talk. So why don't you guys either ask a question or did you have something to bounce off from that point? Sure, yeah. I mean, so basically you can, uh, it sounds like, do a bunch of different activities to complete those bounties. They're not just specific to Gambit. Uh, yeah, they are they are broken up between uh, basically four different subcategories. So we wanted the players to sort of sample different things, like you know, do some public events, uh, play a crucible match, play some strikes, that kind of thing. Just just because Destiny and as a player of Destiny, it's really important to sample a bunch of different things. Like we have a lot of great content, and having you play just a little bit of each of these different activities felt like the right thing to do instead of saying. Hey, you want to be up to speed for Season of the Drifter? Go play Gambit. We we know that there are obviously a ton of people that love Gambit, but there are people who, you know, there are other things that they love too, even more than Gambit. And so we wanted to spread that around. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, the Vidog was excellent. And <laughs> yeah, the thing I wanted to know more about, and if hopefully you guys can uh, educate us, you said in the Vidog, Gambit Prime will transform once players start to unlock perks. Can you elaborate on how it will transform and what kind of perks players are working towards? Do you want sure. to take that? Yeah, yeah, I'll take that. So uh, each of the armor sets that you saw um, is associated with a set of perks for the specific roles. So the invader has uh, you know, four perks that they're working to unlock. And the way it works is the armor has... It basically has a stat on it, like this is an invader set, so it's like plus three invader... And the more of that you wear, the more of the invader perks you unlock. So it's all about, uh, you know, playing and then going to get that armor. And the more you get and the higher tiers you get, you work on unlocking basically the pinnacle, we call it the pinnacle perk of the role. Uh, so it's, it's not tied direct, like the perks aren't on, on the armor, but the armor is how you unlock the perks. And that lets you do stuff like, you know, you can really focus on one gameplay role, or you can also mix and match and get some of those uh, lower tier perks to nice. unlock across roles. Just whatever, you know, your play style oh, counts cool. for. That's great. So for the colors, does that only appear after you unlock or you collect an entire set or uh, the colors? So the colors, uh, they'll represent which role you are. So if you get like invader pants and, uh, <laughs> you know, invader... Sorry. I, I love you. <laughs> pants. Invader pants. I love it. Yeah. Or your Reaper helmet. You Game know. of Prime time. Put all your Invader <laughs> pants. Let's go. Pants. Uh, you know, those will have the red decal and the Reaper will have the green decal. But once you unlock that pinnacle perk of one roll, that's when they start to glow with a really bright color. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So that's basically, if you see someone and, uh, you know, they've got... They've got a couple of red pieces and a yellow piece. You know, they're sort of mix and matching. But if you see someone and they're glowing a specific color, like in the ready room, you can spot them. You sort of know to expect the big pinnacle perks for those roles. Oh, okay. oh that's cool, cool. masters of their discipline. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So, so then, <laughs> that's cool. So then the aura is basically once you've completed, you know, getting all four sets, that is the visual aesthetic that goes along with it when you have you're wearing all four of the same. Five or five? Yeah, yeah. Five. Yes. <laughs> Once yes. you're wearing all five, five. pieces, <laughs> yes. yeah. That or you have, yeah. yeah that's when it's, the aura. Yeah. yeah, and it's not. It's not. Uh, should we talk about the the the? Yes. Basically, it's it's oh, not God. like the perk doesn't live on the armor. Yeah. Uh, it's just a way of boosting that stat, like your invader stat. Mm. Um, so there are opportunities, like late in there, to still wear like an exotic with your stat and still get that. 
top oh, level uh, gotcha. perks. Nice. Yeah, the 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 set of mechanics that allow these perks to unlock too are uh, discrete enough. They're separated enough from the armor that. Lisa mentioned this earlier. Mm-hmm. We call it multi-classing, mm-hmm. where you're able to wear, um, you know, say three or four sets of one piece of armor and then one or two from another set mm-hmm. or maybe multiple sets. And uh, you can you can mm-hmm. take one of these consumables, which we can talk about uh, how they how they work in the reckoning yeah, later. Yeah, from the reckoning. But um, that will allow you to multi-class and like turn on perks in other suits. So yeah. it's it's. It's a really deep system. Yeah, so it's mostly the primary way you unlock the perks is the armor, but there are other ways you can boost those roll stats to, to like, maybe if you're just short of the next tier perk to, to boost and get it unlocked. Okay. So you play Gambit, and then you go into the Reckoning, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's how you earn this gear. Is that right? Got it. That is correct. I got yeah, it right. You, you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so how long? How long about is it a round of Gambit now that it's only one epic event as opposed to this sort of tiered event? So the prime rounds last anywhere from like six to ten minutes, something like that, something in that neighborhood, and and it really depends on how well the team is working together and the new primeval mechanics, and obviously how well people are doing in collecting moats <laughs> and not dying. So there's you know there's some. Some leeway here and there, but um, generally in our play test, it's been somewhere like that, like six to ten minutes. Did you take our Did you take our advice from a previous episode and have the drifter shout "Turn in the moat" really loudly <laughs> when a player is just sitting? You know, with I, was, I was watching that episode at home and I did laugh out loud. <laughs> but, uh, I wish we could, you know, I wish it was easier sometimes to take that that idea and jam it into the game but yeah like we yeah not always as easy but love the suggestions keep them coming <laughs> all right all right we will for sure that's great i'm um, yeah. just uh just so while we're on the topic of the gamut prime armor this armor can be used in just regular gambit too correct the perks are only in gambit prime gotcha. uh, we talked about that early on whether they should carry over to regular gambit but they're very like they really alter the game mode significantly so we decided that in order to make the perks really potent and really powerful, we were going to keep it in Gambit Prime. Otherwise, we would have had to like, like, not dilute, like, yeah. uh, make them not make them more less potent. Basically, we wanted we wanted to turn it up to eleven, so we're like, let's just focus on Prime because a lot of them have to do with mechanics that are specific to Prime, uh, and so we just sort of narrow focus. But the armor itself, you know, you you can wear it anywhere. It has the standard. You know, perk set on it and mod slots, so it it wor- functions like a normal piece of armor. It's just in Gambit Prime, it has this additional effect mm-hmm. of unlocking the perks. I, You're not going to be cheating raids with Gambit Prime armor. Yeah, yeah, Let me yeah. try. Says that you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> People would try it. I appreciate you not uh, saying the the nerf word. You did very good. You're saying buffs. There's going to be other buffs here. Um, and then to just maybe to round off a Gambit conversation, you talked about how now there's going to be no third round of Gambit. It's going to be like a primeval rush boss. We had a few people wondering, is that going to be maybe just uh, you know meatball in the third round exclusively, or is there going to be kind of just the same boss mechanic? It just potentially could be one of those those things at the end so i'll i'll answer in two parts one is uh yeah it is it is like a sudden death we wanted we definitely took that feedback to heart from the community that the matches were taking too long and we agreed and uh so it will be sudden death primevals are up from the very beginning everyone gets juiced up uh so it's like burn down the primevals at that point um the other interesting thing um sorry that you mentioned about uh, sorry, I'm spacing on this now. Meatball. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> uh, the meatball, because it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, we did actually take it so the meatball is not tied to the curse week anymore, and it it is just as possible to show up as any other of the prime oh, evils. Okay. So awesome. you will be seeing the meatball a lot more often in, mm-hmm. in Gambit. Cool. What is the meatball actually called? I was just going to say. <laughs> I love it's how like you a, guys are just take conservator or something like that. I think it has a specific name and I'm <laughs> terrible. <laughs> meatball <laughs> is its official real name now. We're good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm really, I'm really. Ex- vernacular takes hold, and that's just what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm totally, I'm just totally glom onto Invader pants. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that's great. Uh, I'm really excited about the reckoning because it kind of gives you that reward aspect for for winning in an activity. A glimpse at sort of like the the feeling we would get when we won in Trials of Osiris. I'm sort of curious. Can you talk a little bit more about that symbiotic relationship between between Gambit Prime and how the reckoning is going to tie into that with rewards and everything? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so when you complete gambit prime matches and just by doing things in gambit prime matches you're going to be getting these synths that we mentioned earlier uh that are sort of dual purpose not only can you use them to buff your um the way the perks work with the armor but you also uh are required since the uses that you put them in a bank and you you create a, a moat right mm-hmm. i think that's what we're calling it mm-hmm. like you are creating a moat that you bring into the reckoning uh, and you're jamming it in this uh, bank-like object, and from that point on, you go into a, a difficult encounter, and there's, um, we've said, three tiers of this encounter. Mm-hmm. And once you complete that encounter and you're successful, you get a chance at that particular role of the synth, synth, uh, the synth type that you put in there. So if, say oh. if you're going for a Reaper set, you get your Reaper synths, you put them into this little portable bank, that the drifter has given you, you then take those moats that you've created and you put them in the reckoning. And if you then successfully complete a reckoning tier, you get a shot at that, say, Reaper armor set, at that tier. So that's how it works. And then you're going to want to take that armor, obviously, back into Gambit Prime because as you're getting these armor pieces and putting them together and unlocking those perks, you're going to be then better at Gambit Prime. And so that loop then starts to happen between the two activities. Wow, that's really that's cool. cool. That's so, so as long as you have those consumables, you can keep grinding for the armor. Yes. Awesome. And the other really cool thing about the Reckoning is that, you know, we've taken a lot of learnings um, based on things we've done in the past, like Court of Oryx and Blindwell yeah. and Escalation yeah. Protocol. Mm-hmm. And if you were to break this thing down, uh, uh, it is a four-player match-made activity uh, and beyond that, when you get in there, it sort of acts like um, a mini uh, match-made uh, public event where you're as long as you can stay there as long as you want. Once you get in there, you're in there until you decide to leave. Um, you're still going to get uh, rewards for completing these tiers, but you're not going to get armor or Gambit Prime weapons unless you're putting in synths. So there is still reason to stay there and say Sherpa people or help them out on the different tiers. Mm-hmm. But uh, effectively, you get in there, you can stay there as long as you want. It's really cool. Okay. Nice. That's a really exciting evolution of Gambit for me because like, it kind of meets a lot of the, the tenets of Destiny that I, I love yeah. about the game and the reason that I, I keep coming back to the game repeatedly. You, you had a few questions about the Allegiance quest one of you guys did. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, before I get into that, uh, I just wanted to wrap our gamut question. I, I was curious to know, what have you guys learned in terms of what the community wanted uh, in your first year of Gambit? And what was the team's main focal points in Season of the Drifter? Well, one thing I probably should point out is uh, the roles that we that we're doing in Prime they sort of evolved naturally out of how the community was playing Gambit. That it's sort of, uh, you know, it came out of how people tended to play, and they sort of naturally started dividing into these roles. And so, focusing on them and like really like honing those roles is sort of response to how players were naturally responding with the mode. Uh, so that was a big part of at least the role definitions and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can also look to. Uh, the quality of life improvements that we're making to the base gambit activity. You know, people have talked to us a lot about how invaders spawn. They've talked to us a lot about how different elements of the sandbox play a crucial or maybe distracting role in gambit. So, Queen breaker. Yeah. Oh, you said <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and say it. Explain it. But um, we're not just delivering a new gambit style activity in the form of gambit prime. We're also sort of going back, revisiting gambit and saying, Here's what players have told us that they need in order to get their maximum amount of enjoyment out of this. Uh, so if people are sort of thinking, ah, you know, I played some Gambit. I got tired of, you know, getting invasion sniped. I got tired of, you know, like Queen Breaker all the time. We can welcome them back, you know, give Gambit another try and then uh, come into Gambit Prime with fresh eyes because this will have uh, a whole different type of scenario. But learning from the community is 
absolutely a component of our development cycle. Um, you know, reading what the community is saying, watching the community playing in real time is a huge component of our game. Uh, you can't get a cup of coffee at Bungie without seeing, uh, you know, streamers playing Destiny live from whatever corner of the world. Um, we have endless amounts of player data. Uh, you can't fire a shot in our game without us knowing about it. And uh, we cross-reference that and we analyze all that. We've got an entire team of analytics people who, you know, kind of give us some of that wisdom that we can extract from the math. And then, uh, you know, there are things like visits to the studio. I mean, we were visited by, uh, we were visited by a player who has played more rounds of Gambit than any other thinking, breathing person on this planet Earth. And, uh, you know, to be able to sort of reach into that person's mind and to say, why do you love it? You know, how does it hold up over how many thousands of matches that you've played? What would you recommend as its evolution? Um, you know, and then also talking to people who don't love it enough to play it as much as this gentleman had, but uh, to also talk to people who say, you know, how's it falling short for you? Um, and we've obviously got our own inspirations. We've got our own vision that we want to follow. But mm-hmm. I think we're very cognizant of the fact that Destiny belongs to the players as much as it does us now. And uh, giving the people who love this game some equity in our creative process is a huge part of my job. And um you know, it's been really fun to like plan some of those summits and plan some of those visits yeah. and, you know, to give people like Dylan and Cosmo a role in some of these rooms. I mean, they're always going to play test, you know, and I kind of just tell them like, take the player's eyes and put them in your skull and go try what this new thing is. Not like, literally, not yeah. literally. <laughs> no, we do that. We, we, we engage in dark magic. Um, well, yeah, but when, I think when we played Gambit ahead, at E3, yeah, you know, it was it was a very special game mode. We often said it was one of those things that did de- the Destiny community just such a great service where it, it married the two things like yeah. PvP and PvE together in the same space. So, uh, yeah, w- we enjoy it. I'm interesting. I'm interested to know maybe if I have a comparison question between Gambit and Gambit Prime, are a lot of the mechanics still the same? Is it going to be the same amount of moats? I know I saw something about. Invader can now rob moats maybe from a bank or something like that. I don't know if there's anything you guys so, want so, or can divulge on that topic, but there's there's some things that are are specific to the game mode of Prime and some things that come from those perks. So for example, the collector set when you get the top tier perk, it uh it lets you uh collect 20 moats instead of 15 and send it like a jumbo blocker. I don't know what the real giant, term. Giant, giant blocker. blocker. Yeah. It's more scary like sounding jumbo. than jumbo blocker. <laughs> you know, a great big taken. Uh, and uh, one of the mechanics of the mode is if you get uh, more than one blocker on your bank, it starts draining moats out of your bank. Oh, and, cool. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you'll literally you, you watch people like in mm-hmm. play tests because we we have the HUD up at the top, right? And you're you're watching this thing and they're blocked. And you're seeing it go like this continually, like, you're the, like where's the sentry? Yeah, like who's <laughs> who is protecting the bank, right? So yeah. I've seen some chatter yeah. already on Twitter this morning where people are like, I don't know about this sentry role. Uh, you know, they don't know anything about the perks, which is totally oh, cool. They're going to find out a lot more <laughs> soon. But um, yeah, protecting the bank is really important yeah. in uh, Gambit Prime because if you're yeah, you have more mm. than two blockers. Um, or if there's an invader with the uh, yeah, that's the other tier. thing. The, the top tier invader perk, wow. it basically turns you into a blocker. So when you invade, you lock the bank, and then if you physically oh. go to the bank, then you'll start draining. You'll start siphoning out, of oh, out. So yeah, as an invader, yeah. you don't necessarily want to just hang back because if you get close, you're doing double duty. Yeah. It's it's really cool. You could run in there with bubble that's and Saint fourteen great. and just oh, you know, park on the bank and just you know. <laughs> We'll feel dead. Awesome. Ants, maybe. Is, maybe. <laughs> is the boss size like a bit too big Protheon size, which was in the game briefly? Or is it a little smaller? He's a mini uh, and, uh, no, and jumbo. Can I still this is melt why we that have boss. to bring you in earlier because you've got these ideas. Like if we could have a way too big well, I, I, I saw, it would have been fun. But. I saw the drifter now kicks a coin off his foot, so that's cool. That guy's got new moves every day. Yeah, exactly. yeah that's pretty cool. Oh, that's that's awesome to know. I didn't know about the um, the whole perk, so it, it definitely makes sense that you need a sentry on your team. Yeah, so that's good to know. I can already see the wheels in your brain turning oh, yeah. now, going like, <laughs> okay, well, if I invade, it's not only about kills. If I can maybe get on the bank and then yeah. get somebody, how can I break them? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> you're there evil. Is, there is definitely some sometimes I think where Pete. 
people were more PvP centric, so it meant they want to jump in all the time now. But there's obviously maybe another way to play Gambit, even if you're not PvP centric as an invader, you can go in and still do other things mm-hmm. to uh, yeah. to help out. That's great, and it mm-hmm. it can swing a match too. I've I've been playtests. I've been on a team that's like way way ahead, and then like we get overwhelmed with blockers, and the invader gets in there, and it like it resets the match yeah. almost. So you have to be really careful about keeping your bank protected. In yeah, prime. we we saw it happen in the last leadership playtest where there were people. Um, even from outside the studio playing, and they hadn't really played before, but we we let them play one game with, like, no perks, and then one game with the Tier 3 perks and saw how their play styles changed, which was really cool. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, one team was way further ahead because the moat count is actually to 100 Mm -hmm. in Gambit Prime because it's a single round uh, to summon the Primeval, and they were super far ahead, and... Through their invasions and everything else, they were able to, I think at one point it was like 100 to 25, they were able to come back completely swinging and win the match. And the room just erupted. (laughs) And everyone was so excited. And I was like, oh, it's working. It's working. (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. That's awesome. That's great. I think a cool thing to observe, too, is that this experience that Lars is describing right now is not the experience that you're going to have on uh, March 5th when the season of the drifter starts because they're talking about tier three perks. And if you look at the uh, calendar, uh, the gameplay calendar for season of the drifter that we released on the blog today, along with the Vidoc, we're giving people a sense of how the season will unfold over time. And tier three is a thing that becomes available several weeks out. So the gambit prime that you're playing right when the season starts will be very different than the Gambit Prime that you're playing when people start showing up with that chroma. And in the pose down, you know, a few weeks in, you know, yeah. people are like, oh, God, these guys have already mastered their craft. You know, we're going to have people stealing from our, you know, and they'll have to kind of re-figure out exactly what these combat scenarios are week over week over week. And they'll have to be adapting to each other and thinking of new ways to counter each other. And while, you know, you tell the joke in the uh, Vidoc, you know, it might make sense to have like, four invaders on oh, the other really? team and sometimes that out there. playing that way. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but then when people are coming in with these different, you know, skills, they're going to want to be able to counter that stuff. They're going to want to be able to benefit from that stuff as a team. So strategies will change, tactics will evolve, and that's really one of the things that we wanted to do with this seasonal content is that the game changes week over week. There's a different conversation that unfolds over time. That nice. is awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, so you guys had some questions about Legion's Quest. Do we oh, want to yeah. jump over to that now? Yeah. yeah. So, what do you want to know? So this was not in the Vidoc to my memory, but can you guys talk more about Legion's Quest? Uh, for instance, if you only have one character, can you still get the full experience uh, as someone with multiple characters? Uh, no, you're going to have to make a choice on your character, and that choice you make follows you for the rest of the season. Oh, so if you're a single-player character... It's a tough choice because um, you're only going to get to see sort of half of that quest and do half of the steps. Um, but as you know, I know there are a lot of multi-character uh, players out there, and so they'll be able to play both sides and and see it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we wanted you to have to make a decision, and that that is important because you you know you want the end of that to feel satisfying. And if it's not a real decision, then it's not as as not as interesting. Okay. Wow. So uh, another question: If let's say I missed a week of a bounty, would I be behind story wise, or can I catch up somehow? H- how does that work? Uh, are you asking specifically uh, specifically about the allegiance quest, or yes, something alle- else? Allegiance quest wise. Um, the allegiance quest is is not so. Uh, there's there's another thing we have coming with with the invitations of the nine, and that is like more of a long form weekly week to week thing, um, and that happens a little bit later in the season. I think that's week two or week three. You'd have to, I'd have to look at the calendar to be sure. Uh, but allegiance is relatively uh, straightforward, and then what happens after that is um, well, I, I don't want to give too much away. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome right. to hear. Cool. Oh, nice. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of have a follow up question on that. I think yet, yeah, where you're going is sometimes I think with the uh, the cycle within the curse week of um, 
you know, the Dreaming City right now, which is fantastic. Yeah, if you ended up not maybe being around for one of those curse weeks, is there going to be a time where maybe within that span of time where it loops where you'll be able to get the thing again or you don't miss it permanently if you weren't around? Uh, you know, if you had, if you're like me and you have kids or you had like, you know, work responsibilities or real life to do, just, just wondering. <laughs> Uh, I think there'll be some good quality of life updates for that type of quest that we've done in the past. But yeah, there there will definitely be times too where you you want to be around and you want to check in. And I think the invitations of the nine are a good example of that because Zer is only available on the weekends, and the only way to start the invitations of the nine each of those nine weeks is to go and visit Zer. Um, so yeah, it's gotcha. It will be important for you to check in. So more family and life neglect. Got it. I'll <laughs> let my wife know. Thanks. I'm sorry, CJ. <laughs> she she gets it by now. They they understand. <laughs> what about what about uh, vanity items like the the seals and tiles for this next season? Are new ones going to be introduced for for these, or are the old ones being adjusted in any way? Uh, I can't speak to the old ones being adjusted, um, but I, there is a new seal and a new title uh, in in Season of the Drifter. Should I say the name of it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to. You'll find out soon. Next. <laughs> There is there is a new title though. That's we do right. have we do have general questions also, so we can sort of talk about some of the other smaller reveals during the Vidoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron Banner definitely one of my favorite events from Destiny One. I've enjoyed it in Destiny Two, but I want to know Salad and making a quick appearance there. Mm-hmm. Are there going to be any evolutions or changes to Iron Banner? How we're currently experiencing it? Yeah, there is actually an interesting evolution. Um, we are going to allow players to. Uh, either buff themselves uh, by a certain power number or decrease their power by a certain number. Hmm. And there will be certain things. Uh, I think there's going to be an emblem tracking, like the number of kills using the Iron Burden, which is the the debuff, actually, that takes you down by, I believe it's 100 power. So wow. if you fancy yourself someone who's good <laughs> at Crucible, Steven, um, or anyone else, maybe CJ, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Too. Uh, hey, little. Not, like not as I'm not even going to say my name. It's okay, Destin. We've established maybe you. Um, so you could, you could do that, and you're basically taking on the iron burden in order to prove how awesome you are. And you're like, power? I don't, I don't need this power stuff. But the opposite side of that, too, is we're going to give players the ability to buff themselves if they want as well, if they're falling behind. Now, you don't get, like, the same rewards. You get sort of, uh, I think you get a higher cadence of rewards, and you get some other nice vanity stuff for taking on the Iron Burden. Uh, so we've got some cool stuff there, but that that fundamentally makes the Iron Banner feel a little bit different because you will have people uh, trying to, like, debuff themselves to see how good they are. Oh, interesting. Cool. I like that. That's, That's pretty great. cool. Yeah. We do have new maps coming to Gambit. We're going to be exploring on Deep Six and New Arcadia. Will we see those maps in any other modes, or are those specifically to uh, Gambit Prime? So they they start out in Gambit Prime, uh, and then they will eventually make their way into the the Gambit playlist uh, later on. We want them to feel special and debut in Gambit Prime because that's originally what they were made for, or with that in mind. Uh, but they do work really well with traditional Gambit 2, and so we wanted to have that happen uh, later in the season. And the other thing that's cool is uh, both Gambit Prime and uh, the new Prime maps will not be available in Gambit Private matches at launch, but they will be also later in the season. So we wanted to, again, we wanted the Prime stuff to feel like special in matchmaking. That's where you want to play it. And then later on in the season, we then unlock it for for annual pass owners yep. to, to dabble around there. Learn it in combat, and then you can yeah. have it to yourself later. That's right. <laughs> the great redeemer. I, I felt like you were reading my mind there. I was just about to go, and private, okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you launch uh, a Gambit private match by yourself, will enemies spawn, or is it just purely to explore the map and all that? I uh, know. I think it, it should just work like Gambit. Uh, obviously, if you're playing by yourself, Invading the other side is going to be pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I could see things like uh, people doing 1v1s to see how fast they can clear waves, like all sorts of interesting stuff I'm sure will come out of it. And private matches also allows some of, some of the more um, requested community functions, like the ability to turn off uh, 
invader true sight when you're invading. So like Ooh. all the people that are like, yeah, you know, I just want to turn that off. You can you can try that out in yes. Gambit private matches if you want okay. to, or turn off the catch up targets, which are like the the glowy guys that shiny give boys. you the shiny boys. You can turn that stuff off too in Gambit private matches. We we still want to keep Gambit like fun the way we intended for matchmaking, but if you wanted to turn that stuff off and experiment, we we give you the opportunity to do that too. That's fantastic. I mean, I think that was, we often have said that as an invader, maybe it felt a little strong in that regard. That was a, some feedback that I think we've actually said on the show where, uh, yeah, maybe like a pulse option or something to balance it out. But that's when, uh, you know, we were using a lot of Queen Breaker, as it were. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's that is great. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's just a question about you guys, uh, personally, just in the studio. What has been the favorite thing, um, maybe just between the three of you here collectively that you've had a chance to work on and see that you could tell us that you're really excited for the community to experience? I mean, the the process of making this armor set was an incredibly collaborative effort across different disciplines in the studio that was really challenging and really exciting and fun to work on. So uh, I know it's like the main thing. It's not anything special or different, but just getting the brains together to um, figure out how these work. A lot of the perks are activity specific, so we had to make our sandbox perks, talk to the activity scripts. And it took a lot of people from a lot of different teams really like putting our interdisciplinary skills together to just pull it off. And so just the fact that it's out there and I'm very curious to see how players engage with it. It's a little different since the perk unlocking works a little differently than normal armor. So I'm just really curious to see how people engage with it. Um, That was my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, For me, I'd say how players will react to sort of the the way the reckoning works with matchmaking because we have made um uh i i would say a a pretty difficult (laughs) activity and but because it's match made and because you stick around with the people you went in with um and and we'll bring people in too if it's light on players um with joining progress but like sitting there and like going through difficult pve encounters with a crew that stays together and is determined to figure that out. Like I believe in the destiny community to be able to do that kind of stuff, but it is a little more experimental, but that was kind of the the interesting thing for, for us, I think as a, as a creative team to look at those kinds of opportunities and try them out in seasonal content like this. Cause it's the kind of thing that players have been asking for and we're excited to try them out. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how players sort of uh, get together and solve some of the, the harder encounters that happen in like the tier two and tier three experience. Yeah. Mm. I'm also really curious to see how players approach the option they have to mix and match the Gambit prime armor, because that's something where I'm, I'm, I guarantee some players are going to figure out that if you wear like two reapers and a collector and a sentry, then it's like, you can do this really cool thing or, uh, you know, the fact that there's room, it's not just like, work towards one role there's opportunities there for players who like to explore and experiment to yeah to see like oh what if this low level perk and this low level perk together you know that might you know i can do something cool so i'm i'm anxious to see what comes from that dj i feel like Here you have a, I feel, you feel like you, you have something you're remembering match every outfit <laughs> yeah <laughs> are you remembering something dj i was reading your body language there you were smiling and you, were- you don't know anything about me. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, did I break the stream? Look at this. You broke it. Anger broke everything. Rage. Uh, I'm looking forward to. Uh, they let me design my own custom sparrow that is Ooh. designed after my Wings of Sacred Dawn warlock armor, mm. and that was something that I felt very strongly about. So I'm kidding; they didn't let me do that. But I do think that sparrow is badass, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna drive that sparrow wearing that armor, and I'm just gonna be the most fabulous warlock that anyone ever seen. Um, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is, um, you know, we're going to uh, share some games of Gambit Prime with the community, like we do. And we actually were talking about what should be um, our streaming strategy for Season of the Drifter. Because, you know, there have been times when prior to the launch of new content, we've gotten up on our streaming stage and we have 
revealed how the game will be different or we have demonstrated in gameplay how the player experience is evolving. But on this occasion, we kind of felt like we would be stealing too much from the player to do that. Um, to Lisa's point, you know, for people to get out there and understand these new gameplay mechanics and to be able to mix and match these armor pieces and unlock these different perks, uh, I didn't want to show that. Uh, I wanted people to experience that for themselves, but we really like to get up and stream the game and to share that action with people. So instead of playing it in a dev environment before launch, we thought, let's do it after the season begins. Uh, let's go up on our own channel and um, week over week for three weeks, three tiers, three weeks, let's play some Gambit Prime bungee bounties uh, on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC, maybe in that order. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> but uh, to show, you know, just on our own channel, in our own bungee bounty, as people come to match against us and defeat us and claim an emblem for honor and glory and bragging rights and all that good stuff, uh, how the combat changes over time. And so that's really what our plan is going to be. And, um, you know, I don't make the game, but I certainly try to come up with ideas for how we can share it with the people who love it and you know, I can remember back in the day, the first time I ever met Lars, I stole your flag. <laughs> you did. And I carried it home, <laughs> planted it in my base. And, um, you know, but that was, you know, the, the rush of being able to beat Bungie at their own game, the rush of being able to share a thing you love with the people who created it uh, is awesome. And, you know, uh, as a community guy, I definitely wanted to bring that forward into the era of Destiny and in ways that makes Destiny special, be still be able to share games with the players and and turn people into heroes in that respect. So we're going to do that, and we'll have that calendar up on Bungie.net. And just week over week, we'll just be calling out people on different platforms and say, "You're next. Come and find us. Come kick our ass." Well, tell Dylan I said, for. "Tell Dylan I said, what's up." He still <laughs> still talks about Dylan, that E3 snipe on me from E3. There, Lars, I think you were watching. I have a. Uh... Yeah. Do you guys have any other questions? I, I, I had I had one more yeah. that I wanted to ask. We talked a lot about the reckoning. Uh, you mentioned that it's timed. Can you explain that mechanic more? Is it a set timer that counts down, or can you regain time? Uh, just enlighten us a little bit about how that's going to function at all. Good question, Dustin. So I don't want to go into specifics other than to say there are timers, and some of them work by counting up and some of them you have to do things to get them to, to get time back. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, I, I don't want to ruin the surprise okay, cool. on, uh, on Tuesday. Cause I think, uh, one, like Deej mentioned this, but it, it was totally true. Like we talk about this internally about, um, the game takes on a life of its own. It has. And one of the most important things is when we put these new things out there is to see how the community rallies around figuring them out and how, uh, people like yourself get a chance to go in front of your audience and say, hey, we figured this out. This is really cool, isn't it? And you can you become um, sort of like uh, purveyors of the game as well, where you're talking about it, you're explaining it in depth to your like that's way more interesting to have people like you all doing that than it is to have people like us uh, tell you exactly how it works and mm -hmm. what it's going to be. At least that's, I think that's our opinion. That's yeah, where absolutely. we, where we've come to at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just feels more inclusive too, to have you all be a part of that process. So yeah, yeah I, I'm really happy with how that stuff has been coming together. Cool. Awesome. Steven, I have the most important question to ask now. <laughs> oh, you boy. totally don't have to answer it. The no, thorn was my favorite gun in destiny one. Can I shoot someone twice in the head and walk away and get a kill? <laughs> oh, oh, you're asking about Thorn. Um, jeez. Lisa, do you know the answer to that? I don't know the answer to that. I feel like we should know the answer to that, but... My personal policy is to never make promises about combat. <laughs> <laughs> Why fair is enough. that? Fair enough, fair enough. Or rewards, right? Yeah, or rewards. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, that's a, so that's a good question. Yeah. This, yeah, we're all that having... was the first time I ever met Destin. He had me cornered at uh, PlayStation Experience and was asking me all sorts of questions about the new raid gear. And I was like, I'm afraid to answer. I'm just afraid to answer. I don't know what numbers will be on them. I'm afraid that if I say and it doesn't happen. So, yeah, uh, the game takes on a life of its own. I thought that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> PR, nice, nice. Oh, nice. 
cool. That's great. Yeah, we're all having this D1 memory flashbacks, you know, year one there, uh, seeing that natural. A lot of those lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Steve, do you have any questions? Um, I mean, I have a bunch of questions, but yeah. trying to stay with the theme. Yeah, I guess maybe just on the reckoning, um, I, I think tr- maybe historically not matchmaking people in raids and things like that are, are obviously potentially to alleviate frustration. Um, now, this is going to be a matchmaking event. I'm assuming then maybe some of the encounters are going to have mechanics to the bosses, which is typically something that has not really, you know, you guys haven't really leaned in except for raids. Um, I really enjoyed Escalation Protocol, which was, um, you know, really well done. I think that um, even something like that will be great. Like, can you talk about those? Is that something that um, you want to divulge or is it maybe like uh, just wait and see? Uh, I think it's, I mean, you're asking a good question. And I think, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the answer simply is the things that we're doing in both with Gambit Prime and the Reckoning in terms of the, the primeval boss mechanics and then the boss mechanics in the Reckoning are both probably of a, of a tier above what we've done before in a match-made activity. So I think we're going to learn a lot from that. I think we... We say internally that we trust the player base to be smart enough to figure this stuff out, and there will be guides out there so quickly that if you want to understand these things, um, you will be able to, and you'll be working with people who are also trying to figure this stuff out or maybe already know and they're helping you through it. And that's when destiny really shines, yeah. like as a player, when when those things happen. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see how people react to those things. Yeah, but they will... They will be more challenging than things we've done previously in, in a match-made activity. Yeah. And Dylan was even saying cool. the other day, he's like, I'm going to go to play test. I'm going to make sure that Tier 3 is beatable. I was like, yeah, could you? <laughs> um, but, um, Last Wish was beatable. You know, before you had said that it was kind of like a public event and that you could stay there, you yeah. could cycle through. Public events are, by their nature, pretty easy. Uh, I like them for that reason. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, uh, you know, when we say that it's like a public event and that it's persistent, you can stay in there and you'll see different people cycle through. It's not easy like a public event. It's pinnacle PVE activity. It'll it'll challenge your teamwork. It'll challenge your problem solving and your collaboration with other players. So we like it when people start to experience that thing. And it's different with whoever you play with every time. And you know, we find a lot of replayability in the social aspect of Destiny. It's It's like if a difficult public event kicked off every minute or so after you were done with it and you're getting specific rewards for another activity like that's sort of how it translates Mm -hmm. but yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty neat in practice yeah cool awesome i I think there's going to be a lot of um a lot of immediate gratification i think is kind of a recurring theme in our design for season of the drifter Uh, even if it's just bounties that get you up to 640 or being able to jump into gambit prime on day one, regardless of your power. I mean, beware the invader and their invader pants, but you can jump in and you can be an effective <laughs> teammate. Pants, pretty serious business. It's serious Trademarked. business with those invader pants. Serious pants. Uh, and, um, you know, with, uh, you know, the reckoning, like you said, kicking off as often as it does, it's not yeah. like standing around and hoping the whisper of the worm is going to kick off. You know, and we've even went back and addressed that issue as well. So we want people who want to play Destiny to be able to jump in and play that Destiny uh, you're not going to get maximum satisfaction and a sense of completion of your character on day one or even in week one, mm-hmm. but we like to make the action a little bit more accessible this season. Nice. Cool. That's great. I mean, none of us had any issues with Cabal Drill at all. Here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only the only last thing I had was uh, it looks like, I don't know, obviously I haven't played it, but it looks like you're leaning a little bit more into story. And one of the ways you're doing that is with bounties that allow you to learn more about the nine. Can you tell us, like, how are we going to pick up those bounties or can you give us any more of a hint about how that's going to function? Yeah, those are directly tied to Xur. Uh, that was, I was mentioning that earlier in, in the nice. show, and I, when Steven was asking about the Allegiance quest, I sort of skipped over into the Invitations <laughs> of the Nine. Um, and so you're going to go to Xur and, and get those things kicked off. Okay, that's great. Xur well, bounties. Xur is not the hunter in the White said, it kind of looked a little ominous there. <laughs> that's all I had. Did you guys have anything else? No, that was fantastic. Yeah, well, that was great. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you guys so much for joining us. Uh, uh, Lars, Lisa, Deej, thank you for joining us, coming on the show, and telling us a little bit more about Season of the Drifter. I'm really, really excited after the Vidoc, and I think yeah. I think we all are, for sure. Uh, anything else you guys want to plug before we head out? Nope. 
Gibson Films on Twitter now. Yeah, I really we have nothing left to plug. Uh, season of the Drifter comes out Tuesday. Uh, I think you may have noticed that with uh, these seasons of content, uh, we have a a much shorter runway for the hype train at Bungie. Mm-hmm. So uh, the week before the season kicks off, we set some expectations for you know what you're going to experience. I mean, the calendar is up there, so you can kind of look out across the the year that began with Forsaken and take a look at all the different things that we're planning to infuse into your hobby, but uh, this starts on Tuesday, and uh, we may have a piece of media or two to uh, get you excited about Gambit Prime and Reckoning. Um, so, you know, those things will arrive in their own time before the season begins. But uh, we certainly love issuing the invitation to Guardians to come on home, experience this new stuff. We worked really hard on it. Yeah. And there's so many people. I mean, you know, you've got three people sitting in front of you and each of us speaks for many, many people upstairs who have mm-hmm. been pouring their hearts into the season of the Drifter and giving you all kinds of cool stuff that you can play and earn and add to your collection and ways to evolve and become powerful in new and exciting ways. So consider that all plugged. Cool. That's I great. Wait. Well, we do an outro here on the show where we all point at the camera and say, Guardians out. I would like to invite you to partake. Get ready. And so we're going to do ready seats. I think so. But how about before we, before we do that, we're going to just, uh, I mean, we, we wanted to say thank you for the last word. I mean, and all uh, the weapons no, that we got, hope oh, return oh, someday. All that dirty, that dirty <laughs> Titan. I know he's a warlock really under there. <laughs> all right, we're going to do this. There's yeah. always some delay. It should be good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll until the, we'll next time, everybody. Guardians, Guardians out. Guardians out. <laughs> there it is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.